0: Let's do it. Let's read First Chronicles chapter 4. Okay, I'm going to behave this one. Okay, there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable. Someone say honorable. honorable. And I want you to write that down or text, put it in your phone. If you have your Bible, circle it, highlight it, that word honorable. than any of his brothers... His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. So the name Jabez means pain. So she was having a painful experience and she made a decision in an emotional moment. And this was a powerful moment, albeit negative, but it was a powerful moment because in this culture, they believe that your name has prophetic implications, meaning that what you named a child was going to be the quality of his or hers future. So I don't know where the dad is, (laughs) but he was named Jabez and it was a bad deal. But when he grew up, verse 10 says this. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do. I love this and keep me from all trouble and pain. So I'm not going to live under that word, that label that my mother put on me. As a matter of fact, I'm going to live differently and I'm going to pray differently. And the Bible says this, and God granted him his requests. How many people know that God is still granting requests? God is still granting requests. But this is what I want you to do. I need you to cliff notes it real quick, okay? So there was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers and God granted him his requests. Say it again. There's a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers, and God granted him his request. Yeah. All right? So now I'm going to share with you the, the hanger proverb of the day, okay? It says this here, Proverbs thirteen nineteen. It is pleasant to see dreams come true, but fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. Someone say pleasant. pleasant. So the Bible is saying that it's a good thing. That thing you've been praying for for three years, honoring the Lord, being faithful. It is, it is a good thing when, when that dream, that experience finally becomes tangible and you can touch it. Or that breakthrough, it might not be tangible, it may be an intangible, but you can feel it on the inside. Like this is what I've been waiting on for a year, for six months, for 10 years, the salvation of a loved one. Man, I've been praying for this for 10 years, for five years. The Bible says it's pleasant to step into the things that you're dreaming about. But it says this here. But, someone say but, here's the contrast as most proverbs are. Fools refused to turn from evil to attain them. Jabez was more honorable than any of his brothers, and God granted him his requests. All right. So I just want to encourage you that you can dream as, as big as you want to dream. Right? What is a dream? Well, go ahead and write this down. A dream is a strong desire for a greater quality of life in the future, it's a desire, it's an aspiration. It's an ideal. I don't want to make it too spiritual right now. I got plenty, plenty Bible for you coming, but let's just stop right there. A dream is a desire, be it a a healthier family, be it greater fitness, be it greater financial situation, be it your faith, your walk in the Lord. You want to continue to grow with Christ. It's a dream. It's something that starts here and you want to see it come into fruition, Right? And so dreams come from two places. You can write these things down. Number one, they come from the Holy Spirit. The Lord puts dreams and visions about your future on your heart, about a greater future, a greater tomorrow. It is an oxymoron to be a Christian but not have a dream. Jesus is a dreaming Savior. Right. Jesus has vision, not just for himself, but for your life. There's a there's a greater future out in ahead of you. Right. So it comes from God. And number two, it comes from within you. Let me let me set you free a little bit, because a lot of people, especially Christians, you feel guilty about dreaming because you don't think as long as it's not from God, I can't dream it. So you're waiting on God to, like, give you something or give you a feeling or show you something. Let me encourage you. Don't wait on God. Like, if it's good and it blesses others, God is okay with it. Dream it. A more fit you, God's like, yeah. (laughs) Right? Because you happy, you treat people nice, you got energy, that's a great dream. Go for it. Right? Or more financially free you, go for it. Right? Because you ain't worried, you ain't complaining, you ain't struggling, you ain't stressing. God's like, yeah, dream. It may have not came from him, but it's in your heart. Okay, so it's it's important to realize that. And I myself, I'm guilty of it. I have these books of dreams, some of which are from the Lord, some of which are from me. I love I was reading um, Samuel earlier. I was reading it this morning and the Bible says that um, David had it in his heart to build the temple for God. Because at this point, God was in a tabernacle. He would manifest himself in a, in a tent. And so David said, man, why am I in this amazing house? And he looked out his window one day. He said, and the Lord is dwelling in a tent. And God's like, I ain't dwelling in no tent. I'm, I, you know, I created all this. So the prophet Gad said this. The prophet Gad said, do whatever is in your heart. So that tells us something very key, that there's been a history of David doing whatever has been on his heart and God blessing it. Because it was good for David and it was good for the kingdom. As long as it's good for you and others, God will bless it. Later on that night, God came to God and said, he can't build the temple. He corrected him. But just catching that little verse about God saying, I know your history. Do what it is that's on your heart. So this uh, this composition book comes, way, uh, comes from um, 2013 when the Lord first gave me the vision of what we're currently sitting in today. This was 10 years ago. This is blood, sweat, and tears. This is being broke, being sick. This is losing jobs, losing opportunities. This is being misunderstood. This is this is being picked on. This is, you're crazy to move to Maryland to launch a church. Churches are closing down, don't you know? How are you going to feed your family? This is that. This is 10 years of dreams, part of which have been from God, part of which have been from myself. 2013. I bought this new book of dreams in 2020 in Waco, Texas. And some are from God. Some are from myself. I, this in here are the amount of people I would love to see saved by 2040. And here's the amount of people I would love to see baptized through Highlight Church by 2040. In here's the fact that I want to own land one day and I want the church to own land one day. But this is a book of dreams. And I want to encourage you as a side note today, write your vision, write your dream. It's a powerful thing. You got to write it. it. It can't just stay here. You have to write it and visit it often. God told us through the prophet Habakkuk, he said, write the vision so that he or she that may see it can run. If you don't visit it often, what are you running towards? You got to write the vision so you can run. And when you write it, it's like a receipt that a transaction between you and heaven has taken place. And 95% of these, I'm still praying for a few, have come to pass. And if these have come to pass, I know these will. So that's just a little a little side note. But I've come to find out that many of the Bible greats stepped into their dreams, not because they were anything special. They were all sinners. Abraham messed up. He's the father of our faith. David messed up. Solomon messed up. Right? I'm sure Jabez messed up. The Bible says that Enoch... Uh, When he was 65 years old, he started walking with God and then eventually God just took him to heaven. He like he disappeared, like he was raptured unto heaven. Those first 65 years represent sin, like before Christ. All of the Bible greats messed up. So they're not any more special than you or I. It's just that at a certain point, a part in their lives, they decided to live godly lives. So how do you unlock the dream? You live godly. It's nothing majestic. It's not all that colorful. You live for God. That, that's how you unlock every dream the Lord has put on your heart. And, 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 and you, you hold on to that for the rest of your life. I'm not saying be perfect. That's impossible. Proverbs says a just man falls seven times and gets up on the eighth. So I'm not saying being perfect. I'm saying love God and live for him. And in every dream that he's put on your heart and every dream that you have, it will come to pass. That's That's how that's how you unlock it. So I want to give you three big thoughts. Okay, the first big thought is this. The fulfillment of dreams is rooted in godly living. The fulfillment of dreams is rooted in godly living. And let me just tell you something. A dream without the presence of God is a nightmare. So I am talking about dreams, God dreams, spirit filled dreams. I'm not just talking about tangible achievements or things that you receive without the presence of God. Because you can get the woman, you can get the man, you can get the house, you can get the car, you can get the finances. But without the presence of God, you'll be empty and you will lose it. So the priority must be my relationship with the Lord. Right? The prophet said, unless the Lord build the house, they that build, build in vain. Right? Right? So I don't want to build it unless he's like telling me what to do next. You know what I mean? Come on, y'all here? Like, what do I do? I know it's a blessing, but I don't want the stressing. (laughs) You know what I mean? I didn't take long to get that one. That one didn't flow, yeah. I didn't write that one down. That was good. All right. Sorry. So, uh, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, botany. Yes, I love botany, the study of plants. Okay, here, here. You know when you see a tree, you see the shoot system. You know what the shoot system is? It's it's, it's the stump, it's the vine, it's the branch, it's the leaves. And if it's a fruit tree, you see the fruit. And that's what it what it looks like when we see blessing on people's lives. So, like the, the, like, the fact that we're in this room is God's promise to Abraham still fully alive. I mean, this was 4,000 years ago. One man still fully alive, right? We're, we are part of the shoot. We might, we all together, in the other two services, we're a little small apple on the tree of that, that promise to Abraham. But when you go and read a story, what you see is that his life was rooted in righteousness. The root, right? So when you become a Christian, you become, this is important, the righteousness of God in Jesus. Because when Jesus shed his blood, God no longer sees your sin. He sees the blood of his son. And the judgment of God for sin has now been appeased. So we no longer have to worry about judgment. (laughs) And we become in seed form because you're a new Christian, you're a baby Christian become in seed form the righteousness of God. And then the call is to grow in righteousness. So don't just leave it at a decision on Easter or at a decision on Mother's Day or on Christmas or on last Sunday, right? What you do is you say, wow, God, I received this salvation and I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna grow in godliness. So a lot of the blessings that are gonna be, a lot of the blessings that God is gonna bring in your life is gonna be the result of Godliness. Someone say godliness. 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 What is godliness? Well, godliness is living by faith and conducting yourself in a way that pleases the Lord. Wow. It's leaving the old life you used to live. It's saying, I I now live for God. History records, and and we believe that, that when God called Abraham from his home, That Abraham's father sold idol gods and they were potentially worshipers of idol gods. So when Abraham came to the Lord and received salvation because of his faith, Abraham started to live differently. Someone say live differently, live differently. differently. It says this here, Proverbs 13, 19, it is pleasant to see dreams come true. But fools refuse to turn from evil to attain them. If you're taking notes, that word fool there is maros, M-O-R-O-S, in the Hebrew, because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And it's our prefix word in the English for moron. (laughs) So I was very abrasive in the first two services. I probably lost half of them. I'm going to say this nicely to you. I'm fully aware. I was very, you know, so I'm going to chill out on this one because I was excited. I hope they understood that. God is saying, someone say God. God. Okay, just want to clear my name. (laughs) That stupid people, I'm going to say this with a lot of grace, refuse to turn from evil to attain them. That's what the Lord is saying. People who lack common sense, They know that God is in this direction. God is that way. But for whatever reason, pride, I think, they refuse to live life God's way. So they're living this way, but they're praying in this direction. It'll never, they'll never, you can't expect that dream to come to pass. If you're living like a Christian, but you're not following Christ. I want you to understand this distinction because the term Christian is a title. A follower of Christ is an authentic follower that's in a relationship with Jesus. Right? I need you to understand. There's a great distinction there. And so simply put. The godly, this is so important because we all go through hard times. We all go through tough times, but you have to get this in your heart. The godly will always end up blessed. Yes. Amen. Come on now. Well, you have to get, end up blessed. It may not look like it now. Yeah. I understand. May not look like it now. But the ungodly, according to Proverbs and the word of God, will always end up in a mess. Understand that. So all of this legislation that we're trying to create without God, the way we're conducting our business and the way we go to work and and, and how how we're in our marriage and how we are with our kids, if it's outside of the way of God, it will always hear your pastor's heart end up in regret and in a mess and God sent you to this church today to lovingly warn you to repent of your sins if you're a Christian live for Christ because it's not cute when you get in your 50s and 60s and you look back and say man I really tried to do things my way and now I have a life of regret Point number two, recognize the great gift of grace. Recognize the great gift. It's a great, someone say great gift. Great gift. Whoa, it's a great gift. So grace, here it is, is a free gift. Let's teach through it a little bit. That's what it means. The, the, the Greek word there is charis, and it's like uh, charisma. Grace, it's, it's a free, it's a free gift. And the Bible says that we have all sinned, Romans three twenty three. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. It's not a condemning statement, it's truth. Um, if you have kids, you fully understand this. Like you tell them to do something, they don't, it's, it's sin. It's, it's we, were, we were conceived and, and sinned. But the grace of God is a free gift because when we were in our sin, the Lord sent his son, Jesus Christ. And we all know that Jesus was sinless. And the Bible says that in order for there to be forgiveness or remission of sin, there needs to be the shedding of blood and that blood needs to be sinless. So when Christ was beaten, what that cat of nine tells before he went to the cross and when they put him on the cross, the Bible says that his blood shed and, and it dripped and that appeased the wrath of God. He died the death that we're not willing to die. And because of that, we have his forgiveness and his grace. And all you have to do to access that grace is have faith in Christ. And as soon as you do, he imparts, number one, forgiveness into your life. Forgiveness. All of your sin, past, present, and future, wiped away. Forgiveness. Number two, he gives you a fresh start. The Bible says that when we come to Christ, we become new creations. We're new creatures, a new life, a fresh start. For some of you, it can start today. And then number three, he gives you the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's the presence of God in your heart that gives you the ability and the dunamite power to live for him. So now when you have the Holy Spirit, you have a daily decision. Do I live according to the Spirit? Or do I live according to the flesh, right? A daily decision. Do I think like the spirit or do I think like the flesh? And the Bible says this in Romans that the flesh leads to death. The spirit leads to life and peace. So he gives us that gift of the spirit. He doesn't leave you alone to try to will it because we can't, but he gives you a spirit and you can be lit. The fourth thing he gives is a future. Because pre-Christ, the devil had a future for you. But when you come to Christ, you finally initiate the plan of God. And I know that Jabez was pre-Christ, but there was something prophetic there about Jabez saying, no, 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 no. I'm not accepting these labels. I'm not accepting the struggle. I'm not accepting my past. God has a future for my life. I don't want to ruin any movies for you, but I I encourage you, if you go see Spider-Man, there's a great distinction at the end of the movie about what what this person could have been Mm. had their father not been in their lives versus who they had become because their father was in their lives. And I'm not talking about their earthly father, I'm talking about the father. When he comes into your life, he breathes life, he gives you a future, he gives you a hope, he gives you a destiny, he gives you a future. So I was at a light, a major intersection about three weeks ago, and um, I'm sitting there, in the Holy Spirit, so I'm, I'm in this lane. There's a lane here and there's a, a lane that turns right. So it's a major intersection. I'm sitting there and the Holy Spirit said, wait. I said, okay. I, re- I recognize this voice now. After, you know, 17 years of walking with the Lord, reading prayer, I, you, you learn to recognize the voice of God. Like that's how you, a lot of people ask, how, how do I hear the voice of God? Well, one way is to spend a lot of time with him. Okay. And another thing is he will, he will only speak from his word. Yep. Okay. So I heard the Holy spirit say, wait three seconds later, the light turned green. I waited about three seconds. So, you know, when you are waiting, people beeping baby, beep, beep. I'm like, no, I'm going to obey God, not people. So I waited. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's a whole word right there. They just, <laughs> you called it. <laughs> we can go home on that. Um, so anyway, I waited. This guy on my side went in an F-150 full speed through his, through his side of the intersection. <laughs> Barely missed the car. And in that moment, God said, I want to give you a little message about grace. I'm like, grace? This is traffic stop. What is grace? He said, tell the people this. He said, grace is a green light. Do what you want. Go when you want. However, proceed with godliness come on now that's okay because love is not love if I let you disobey the word of God so God didn't send me here to judge you brother sister mother daughter father but he did send me here to be a fruit inspector And I'm looking at the fruit of your life and you're saying you believe in God, but the things you're saying and the things you're doing, you're abusing the grace. You're not using the grace. So I want to encourage you, use the grace of God. Don't abuse it. It's kind of like that woman caught in the act of adultery. I mean, she was caught like she was, we won't dig into that much further. She was caught in the act of adultery. So they threw her shamefully at the feet of the savior because they tried to catch him in a theological, you know, bind. And he just, he leveled up on them. He said, well, I'm God. I'm sinless. So I'm going to, I'm going to up the standard a little bit and I'm just going to simply bend down and get on her level. I'm going to write in the ground. We don't know to this day what he wrote. This is John chapter eight. You ought to go home and read it today. It's an amazing story. The Bible says that he got back up and he said to them, he said, "Um, you're right, she should be stoned to death. However, before we do that, anyone who is without sin shall cast the first stone. And we all use that. Right? we use it we don't judge me don't judge me don't cast stones don't cast stones i used it you use it it's all good but it's it's an excuse to stay in sin so anyway just want to reveal that to you um so so he said anyone who's without sin cast the first stone the bible says that the oldest start dropping yep because the older you are the more Okay, that's a revelation there. The more sin you have. And the younger one's like, oh, I ain't got as much sin as y'all, but I got some sin, so I'm out too. <laughs> and so Bible says that it was just him and her, Jesus and the woman. And he said, where are your condemners? He's like, no, nowhere, Lord. Bible says he bent down again. Understand this, because the New Testament was not written. So the, the words "stoop down are translated as grace. In the Hebrew. And so he gave her grace in her lowest place, but he did not intend to leave her there. So we're glad for that. Praise his name. That's good. That's 50%. All right. He said, okay. Neither do I. Now go. You know the word. Say it out loud. And So what was he saying to her? Don't abuse my father's grace. Use it to grow in godliness. So get out of the bed and follow me. Get out of that life. Because God can do more than just forgive your sin. I think I think we let God off easy. Like I just I know I'm gonna do it, but Lord, I just need forgiveness. God's like I did that two thousand years ago, <laughs> trying to do something a little different. Yeah, yeah, right? The Lord dropping bombs in this message. I'm being blessed. Come on, put your hands together if you're blessed by this message. Yeah. Here's the key question. Does the quality of my character match the quality of my dream? It's something to think about. He was more honorable than any of his brothers. So God granted him his request. I'm willing to bet that his brothers Requested similar things, but the Bible doesn't take any detour into talking about them. Read chronicles it's a whole list Adam beget, Seth and Seth beget man and Abraham had blah, blah. the first four chapters of Chronicles is all a genealogy god God said, Hold on, uh scribe, wait before you write who Jabez's son was, I need you to pause for two verses, right? Because a few of them were impressive. Abraham, Noah, Adam, they were pretty impressive. But I want to talk, I want to detour right here with Jabez because he was different. And and the Bible says he had brothers. So God threw out the fact that he had brothers, but he was gracious enough to not expose their names. (laughs) But he says, I'm, I'm going to let y'all know. Y'all in there too, but I, I withheld the name. <laughs> I like to believe this that many of us in this room are praying the same level prayers. That's right. But who's living the life Come on, that's going to ensure the blessing? How's, how's the inner person? How do you talk to people? How do you act when God is calling you to endure another year or six months? Do you get involved in the gossip? Are we still, are we, you know, you're not addicted to it. You just choose to pick up the alcohol. You know, you you just, you're just choosing to do all these things. You're refusing to turn from evil in order to attain. Don't abuse the grace. God has grace for you. God has grace for you. Yeah, he loves you, and he's for you, and he's forgiven you, but there's so much more. Number three, I want to encourage you with this. Don't doubt the dream or lower your standards when life gets hard. Don't doubt the dream or lower your standards when life gets hard. Good. It was in this season with this book of dreams <laughs> where one night... I was in our living room praying and I mean this was a small this is our first home very small I mean four steps anywhere you're in a new room <laughs> hey don't be laughing at me that was our blessing <laughs> four steps anywhere kitchen sunroom master bedroom Jay's room it was just all Chris laid across the you know the whole living room his he was a, from the couch to the TV. He was, and he's only six foot, very small place. But um, I knelt down to pray one night. I'll never forget it. And so we had a, a, a little couch in our sunroom and I came out. It was about probably one o'clock in the morning. I just told my wife, I, f- I feel like praying. I can't go to sleep. I feel like praying. So I went on and I knelt down and I felt a, a presence in the sunroom. I didn't want to look. I was scared. Lord I'm not ready to see you <laughs> I am in the flesh my flesh ain't ready for this Whew. I felt the presence I, I started praying and uh, I, I felt after about five or ten minutes into prayer I, I felt a tangible hand touch my back I'm like that ain't Jay because the hand is bigger than the five year old it's not my wife she's in the bed But it was the tangible hand of the Lord, and He said this: He said, "I love you. I am with you. Do not fear. The vision will be fulfilled." And I mean, this is when, man, it was it was hard. Eighty percent of our finances out the window because she had too much fluid when she was carrying Judah. We were on the brink of losing our first home. We had to move out and move to our in, my in-laws. We had a rat infestation issue. Our AC rarely worked. But he said, I am with you. Do not fear. The vision will be fulfilled. And he told me this. He said, you will overcome every trial. I remember it because I wrote it down. It's in that book. He said, as long as you live for me. And I want to encourage you with those words. Don't doubt the dream or lower your standards when life gets hard. You fortify those standards. You, you fortify godliness. You you say, all right, it's harder, but I'm going to still live for the Lord. And I'm going to still believe what he put in my heart. Because my circumstances are not an indicator of my future. They're not. They're not an indicator of your future. They're just not. And our circumstances don't give us an excuse to dishonor God. I want to give you these promises for the godly, okay? Okay. I want to speak these over your life. Go ahead and write these verses down. Read them tonight and, and think on them. Okay, it says this here, Psalm 37, 25. This is King David. I love this. Once I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. Amen. Number two, Proverbs 2:7, NIV. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. Right. Number three, Psalm 84, For the Lord God is our son in our shield. He gives us grace and glory. The Lord will withhold no good thing from those who do what is right. Number four, Isaiah three ten, Tell the godly, that all will be well for them. They will enjoy the rich reward they have earned. Can we bless God for his word today? Come on, let's give him our best praise. Thank you, Lord, for your promise.